started last week and uh, it ties into Easter uh, because Jesus died and uh, was buried and rose again and, and in so doing he cut a covenant with everyone that's born again so when you're born again just like you were born just you your mother the parents you're so special to the Lord there is a covenant that is cut between you and God when you become a born again Christian it's the same type of covenant but a better one that God cut when he called Abraham from his father's house please don't forget it when God called Abraham he was going to cut a covenant with Abraham he said I want you to leave your father's house and come to a land that I will show you and leave everybody come and follow me and that's what we did when you receive Christ as Lord and Savior you did it on your own you can't ask somebody please let us it's an individual thing you leave everything else and you come to Christ and that's what I did when I came to Christ it was me because God had opened my eyes it was just me and my God I cared not about my mother or anybody at that time it was just to make that relationship cut that covenant with my God this was 1975 and God had kept me since that time till this very day at that time I was really nervous I didn't know what I was doing I knew Jesus died there was no doubt in my mind I didn't want to go to hell I needed my name in the book of life but I wasn't sure if God was going to keep me uh, till today I thought oh God why don't you just save me and, and take me back home but the covenant that God cuts with us he, that covenant has a clause there that is so important God is able to keep until that day what you have committed to him so when you commit your life to the Lord Jesus fully and you say God you can have me totally he keeps you till the very end he doesn't let go amen so the title of the message is what's in the covenant you have a covenant with God what is in this covenant what agreement have I gotten into with God what is he going to do uh, with me with regards to this covenant father we thank you speak to us today we have ears that can hear we have hearts that can understand your word our eyes can see you gave that to us and I thank you because the blinders have been taken off from the eyes of our people from the eyes of your people in Jesus name Amen. Psalm 89 verse 34. God says, My covenant will I not break. I will not break my covenant with you. That's you personally. Sometimes we like to think about everybody. God has a covenant with all of us. God is not dealing with just all of us. He is dealing with you as a person. There is no one like you in the whole world. God has never created anyone like you before this very day. And there will not be another being like you until the end of the world. There is never going to be another being like you. So you are special to the Lord. He created you special. There is no other person like you. There will never be another person like you. And God has said to you, I want to cut a covenant with you. This is an agreement between you and your God. 
an agreement that is based, established on promises that God has with you to bless you and to keep you, to be sure, to make sure you enjoy the abundant life that Jesus brought from heaven to every one of us. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He spoke the truth. If you will believe it, from this very day, you will begin to experience the abundant life that Jesus brought from heaven. One of the things that I'm so grateful to God for, and I've seen a lot in my life as a believer. I've seen God do things in people's life and in my own life. But I have no fear. Amen. I don't fear. I don't fear anything. I just know my God is with me. That difficulties, all of us have problems. Day after day. But I have no fear. I'm depending on Him and Him alone. And He will carry me through. I may not understand what's going on right now, but I have a God that knows all things. And He is with me. And He has promised in this covenant, He said, I will never... I will never, never leave you. It will never happen. No, regardless, in this covenant, never, not in a moment. Even when I'm thinking he's so far away, he is so close. The Bible says he's closer than a brother. He is so close. God said, my covenant with you, I will not break it. Those promises that I've given to you, they will always work. I just need you to believe them. And His promise is His word. God said, I will not alter that promise. I will not alter the word that is gone out of my mouth. That's a promise that God has given to you as a covenant person with God. It may be bad today. You may be experiencing something today. If you are in covenant with God, God has given you this one promise. He said, all things. How many things? All things, the difficulties, the nice things, the things that make you feel good, the things that give you good, gives you good goosebumps, those things, all of those things, God said they are working together for your good. Those that love God, not only that, but you are called according to His purpose. Not your purpose, according to His purpose. So just relax, rest, the covenant is working. You are going somewhere. God is taking you into your place. Your, the abundant life that He's called you into. There is no need to fret. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Look, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. I'm preparing them for you. Just relax. He says, in the world, you have some trouble. But he said, be of good cheer. Be happy. Even though you have all of these troubles coming at you, he said, be of good cheer. Be happy. I have overcome whatever the world can throw at you. Just relax. It's a perfect covenant. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, he said, God has given us a better covenant. Established on better promises. So God gave them a promise, some promises in the Old Testament that they worked with. But God says, now, the Son of God, God has got a new covenant with us. And this covenant has, is established, he says, on better promises. So what does that say? Every covenant that you caught with God is established on better promises. 
Amen. Great, precious promises. You know, people, we are so flaky sometimes, you know. We say, well, we know that God has said that. But you have to use your mind. Heaven helps those who help themselves. Ezekiah chapter 4 verse 6. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> God's promise is His word. I know people's word don't mean anything anymore. But when God gives you His word, oh, He wants to go back on it. He says, Heaven and earth will pass away before my word will pass away, which is His promise. The covenant is established on better promises for your life. Not for God. He did nothing for Himself. He did everything for us. If we will accept Him. If we will receive Him as Lord and Savior. You know, He placed us, we have a better place in this covenant that God has given to us. He's given us a better covenant. He's given us a better place than they had in the Old Testament. And I'm coming to that in the series. If you can make it, please come back. Because God has put, put you in a better place in this new covenant. Regardless of who you are, God said, from the least to the greatest. From the least to the greatest, that covers you. If you think you're least, well, you, you are included. If you think you're the greatest among them, you're included as well. All of us. From the, Lord, from the least to the greatest, they shall all be taught of God, God said. You are His child. He is working in your life. We are in a better place. We have a better covenant. And the covenant based on better promises. We are in a better place. Look at what the scripture says. Ephesians 2 verse 12. It says that at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise. Notice what it talks about. Covenant of what? Promise. You have to understand when you enter into God's covenant, you are entering into His promises, His word to you. To make it good. For your life. It's only when we don't know these things. And we consider everything that our eyes can see. What we can feel. What we can smell. If it doesn't make sense in the natural. The carnal man says it doesn't work. I I can't see it. You're not if you believe that stuff. But God works with things that cannot be seen. And there are many things that you work with that you can't see. You, don't, you can't see the electric current going into this to put it on. All you do is flip up this, this switch, right? And you're confident that's electricity. But you don't know anything about it. Most of us don't. But we believe it. So we can believe in things that we can't see. And the things that we can't see are usually very powerful. Notice. 
You can see that. Very powerful. It can kill you too. If you mess with what you can see. <laughs> but this is what God has done for us. That at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise. Having no hope. And without God in the world. When you enter into the covenant of promise, you have hope. If you feel hopeless, if you have any situation that is hopeless in your life, and you believe it, you have believed the lie. Let God be true and every man a liar. I don't care how long that situation has been in your life. God can change it. It's an amazing thing. Uh, uh, Rick came into church on a Sunday, Wednesday night that I prepared a message on healing without knowing that there was going to be a blind man coming to church. And slowly but surely as God works, Rick can see now. Amen. Rick can see. Where's Rick? Yeah, he can see. He was in the bathroom with me a minute ago. Amen. Washing his hands, washing his hands, and turning to me and shaking my hand. He couldn't do that before. Amen. But God walked through it. He can see now. Last, the Sunday before, the last one, he could see from there and read from the screen. And the doctors, I told him, go to the doctors, let them do their job, make a good confession. And Rick said, I made a good, he's a covenant man of God. He's a doctor, this thing is going to work this time. Now you can see, fully. But there was a time we were without hope. And without God in the world. That's not a place to be. To be without hope. And without God in the world. If that's you, you are in a terrible place. That's a terrible place to be. You were aliens, he said. But to be without hope and without God, you know what that means? God is saying every human being that walks the earth has to be with God. That's the only way to live on the earth. This place has been here for so many years, thousands of years before you got here. You're not that smart. There is a devil on the loose. He's been from eternity. You're not that smart. You need God. That's why the Bible says there was a time for those that have been born again, there was a time where you were strangers to God. Some people are still strangers to God today. You've lived all your life as a stranger to the God that created you. That's not right. You have the opportunity to know Him while you're here now. Don't wait until you get there. It will be too late. Those that wait when they, when they get there, you will be sad. Jesus said it was better if you were not born. There's a terrible thing waiting for people. That's why we have Easter. Jesus came to bring us back to His Father. That through the sowing of His whole life, the fruit will come. And you can come into covenant. Now, in, in Romans chapter 8, it says, We are joint heirs with Christ. So whatever He has, I have. I can use whatever He's got. 
Whatever the Father has given to him, that's part of my inheritance. We are joined here with Christ. Without God and without hope in the world. That's not a place to be. You know, a lot of people are so ashamed of coming to the Lord. They are so afraid, they're still into their selfishness. And God is calling you into a better covenant. Oh, I'm living life. I mean, 1975, I didn't realize that there were demons in the world. He spoke to me when I finally realized there were demons in the world. I'm going to be very frank with you this morning about my own life. You know, I worship voodoo. You know what? what they call, you call it voodoo, we call it uh, juju in Nigeria. <laughs> That's idol. Idol. I actually bowed my knees to an idol. They were praying to this thing with a crooked nose, a carved, carved wood. And I was really little. And they said, you kids, bow. And I'm looking at, how can this thing with the crooked nose and the eyes not well fixed, how can that thing sit? How is it going to save me? They said, bow your head and pray to your God. And I'm looking at He can't even talk. His eyes is stiff. They kill the animals and they get the blood and pour the blood. Just like you have in the Old, the Old Testament. They pour the blood. Well, I didn't like all of that part, but I loved the eating part of the, the circumstance. It was good. I loved the meat. Let's have more sacrifice. Okay? I can eat some more meat. But praying to that stuff was silly. But then when I, got, when I was going to Christ, I realized, Doing that brought demons into my life. Yes. It did. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not going to kid you, I'm, because before God, those demons, where they were casting those demons out, they spoke through my mouth. I'm not kidding you. So 1975, I said things from my mouth that you won't, I don't know where I got those things from. And the, the, the demon was referring, I was speaking, but I wasn't speaking as if it was me. I was speaking as somebody else inside me. And I couldn't, stop from, I couldn't stop myself from those words coming out of my mind. And when they prayed, I remember this guy, Samuel, who brought me to the Lord. He said, he was pleading the blood of Jesus. I said, why were you pleading the blood of Jesus? I, could, I knew everything that was going on. I just couldn't stop myself from acting silly and saying crazy words. I asked him, Samuel, would God forgive me for those things that I said while I was under that influence? He said, you didn't say that. Those, that thing said it to you. He was being diplomatic with me, you know. But I knew God forgave me. And when he left, he finally agreed because he was pleading the blood. I asked Samuel, why were you pleading the blood? He said, well, when I saw you, I was so scared. So I pled the blood. And then the demon bowed and, and he left. It's the truth. I'm not lying to you. This is the truth. This happened to me. He, he scared me. I instantly knew that demons existed. I knew. And the Bible became real to me from that day. 1975. Oh, you didn't have to beg me to receive Christ. I wanted him. I didn't want that crazy stuff back in me. I knew. I read Bible in high school. So I knew Jesus had said, when an evil spirit is gone out of a man, 
If he doesn't find a good place, he's coming back. And uh, seven others, more wicked than himself, will come. I couldn't handle one. Seven will kill me. So I was praying hard to God. One of the reasons why I would never, I have never gone back. I've not been perfect, but I've never thought, you won't say good luck that he's not attending church, he's back to living. It's never happened to me since 1975. Never. It's never happened to me. I know there is hell. There is true hell. I don't want to get them find out. I threw that one demon. He preached more message to me than any other preacher could preach. Oh, just that one experience was good enough for me. But since then, I've done the same thing with other people. Because the demons have told them. And many sometimes they've spoken to me like before. I know the game now. <laughs> I can handle them. Because I'm a covenant person. I'm a covenant person of God. I am no longer without hope. You have to confess Christ openly. If you want Him in your life, you have to confess Him openly. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before me, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven and before the holy angels. So on earth you will never experience what salvation really means until you are totally ready to put it all out. And not concerned about what people think. I know there are demons. And they don't care what I think. And right now because I'm a covenant person, I don't care what they think. I don't fear them anymore. They fear me. It's the truth. They run away from me when they see me. One of them confessed, or somebody who was possessed confessed. When it comes to town, that's what we don't want to go near that man. That was the fear for me then, before I became a covenant person with Christ. And if you are in covenant with Christ, I pray that God will open your eyes to see the privilege. I'm still learning that you have. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning from verse 15, tells us there, Paul says, From the day I heard of your faith, I never ceased to pray, and your love towards the saints, I never ceased to pray for you. That the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of His calling. There was a time you were without hope and without God in the world. But now, the hope of His calling, when He calls you into covenant with Him, that comes with a great hope. Not only when we get to see Him, but hope with God right here on the earth. Amen. The hope of His calling. The riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. I am His inheritance. And if you touch God's inheritance and you play with God's inheritance, that's me. God will slap you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But you are God's inheritance. Covenant brother with the Lord Jesus Christ. What he has belongs to you. Second Corinthians 6, uh, 3 verse 6. This is so good. This is good. If you are born again and you are in covenant with God, we are talking about what is in the covenant. What is available to you in the covenant. Look at what it says. Who 
has also made us what sufficient as ministers of what? The new covenant. God made you sufficient as a minister of the new covenant. So what does that make you? After you are born again, God has made you a minister of what? A new and a better covenant that is established on better promises. You know what that is? You work with the covenant to make life better for yourself. Amen. You are ministers, able ministers, sufficient ministers. God, there's nothing to add to your life. There is nothing to take out of your life. When you came to Christ, He made you a sufficient, able minister of the new covenant and all of the promises. That means a minister works, right? You can work the covenant for your own benefit. Amen. You are sufficient in Him. You are complete in Him. That's why the covenant is better. In the Old Testament, they were not made sufficient. Ministry. It failed. And so the Bible tells us God found fault with the covenant. Because it wasn't doing what God wanted, intended it to do for mankind. So God found fault and he took that covenant away and established a new covenant with the blood of his own son. And then his son is the one that administers the covenant. And we are ministers with him in this covenant. Notice what it says, not of the letter but of the spirit. You are not just the book. You understand what I'm saying? The book goes with the spirit. As you read the word of God, the word of God comes, the, the spirit of God comes to establish it in your heart. In the Old Testament, all they had was the word. No spirit. No power. No power. No spirit. That's why Jesus could tell them, even though they were covenant people, he said, you are of your father, the devil. The works of the devil, that's what you're doing. You know what that tells me? I don't care what you think, but that's what Jesus said. There are only two families on the earth. Only two families on the earth. You either belong to one or you belong to the other. If you are not in God's kingdom, guess who is your father? He said, I don't think that's true. (laughs) Forget it. God said, truth, only two families. But God has given us the opportunity for everyone to switch families if you want. And I decided to switch. Who would want the devil for a father? God forbid. (laughs) Amen. I switched. And I'm not going back there. We have a better covenant. A better covenant within is the Spirit of God that gives life. When we talk about life, we're not just talking about, oh, I feel life. No. That means it covers every area of your life. It makes it good. A better covenant, Galatians tells us in three, uh, chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, why this is a better covenant. It says, God has redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
You see, in the old covenant, there was a curse implied. From the statement we just read, right? They had a curse on their land. We don't have to deal with that anymore. It's a better covenant. Christ has redeemed us. He brought us back. That's what he means. We don't have a curse on your life. Now, Satan will simulate a curse upon your life and tell you his wrongs in the family. Sometimes the curse can come in the form of sickness and disease. The curse can come in the form of you not being able to go to school or graduate from school. There's nobody in our home that's been to college. So, we don't think there's ever going to be somebody in this home that's going to come from uh, go through college. But if you believe that, you're believing a lie, especially if you are a Christian. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's you and I, so we no longer have a curse, all we have is a blessing. This covenant that we have with Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Everything through the Spirit of God. And you have to work it. Because you are an evil minister. You know the Bible tells us, Matthew 11 verse 12. It tells us that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God what, suffers violence. And the violence was... Take it by force. You are sufficient ministers of the new covenant. You are to work this covenant for your benefit. You can't sit there and let the devil have a field day with your life. You have to say something. You have to fight. And God is giving us the weapon to fight. That's why I'm going into this message. What is in the covenant? We have tools with which to fight. I believe that God has made us God over the devil himself. That's what he did with uh, Moses in, in uh, Exodus chapter 7 verse 1. God said, I have made you, Moses, as God over Pharaoh. Guess who Pharaoh represents? Satan himself. Guess who you represent? Christ himself. Moses. Amen. I have made you in this new covenant I have with you. You have become like God. Not God, but you have become as God over Pharaoh. We are coming to that. So that we are not running to and fro. Being real flaky. A little mail, a little call can shake you to the point where I didn't sleep last night. It was all about. He's taking the curse away from our life. We have a better covenant. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. I'd like us to look at that scripture there. Hebrews 4 verse 16. It tells us there. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. This covenant invites us to come. The old covenant says you can't, you can't even come near into his presence. Only the high priest could go there. When we sang this morning, he tore the veil. 
When Jesus died, the veil was torn down. Meaning before there was some restriction. We couldn't go near God. You couldn't receive the light from Him. No covenant to draw near. And God instead said, tell the people to stay away from it. No one should come near. Not even an animal should come near. If they come near, they should die. But now we have been invited to come, but to come boldly. With no sense of inferiority. No sin consciousness. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. No sin consciousness. You come into His presence. In those days, the high priest, when he gets into God's presence, he is shaking because he has a rope over him. And if he doesn't act right, he falls down and dies. And they have to pull him out. It was a shaky situation. He was scared of his own life. And if, they, if, if he doesn't come out, their sins will remain on them for the whole year. And that's a terrible place to be because that means evil will be on the loose in the whole land. So everyone was, oh Lord, let him, let God accept him. And when he comes out, oh, everybody's happy. But God in the New Testament, he said, come boldly. Come boldly. You will find grace. That means you will never suffer disgrace. Amen. If you're suffering disgrace today, God will lift that disgrace from your life. That shame upon your life. Today, in the name of Jesus, that shame is taken from your life. If you believe it, say amen with me. I speak it as a servant of God. As a servant of God. No more disgrace. You are a covenant person. Stand up and fight. You are a covenant person. Shake yourself loose. You are a covenant child of God. No more want. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It may seem as if you are going through want. But hold back. All things work together for good. To those that love God. Because you are a covenant person. You are called according to His purpose. Not your purpose. His purpose. You are in God's purpose. Amen. You are living out God's purpose on the earth. That's what our missionaries did when they went to Nigeria. They were living out God's purpose. He's a good God. He's reaching out to them. Amen. We come. God is inviting us. Come boldly into the throne. The throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. Do you know what that means? You, do you, have you heard the man saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me? you know what that means? Huh. That's, heal me. Take my troubles away. God says, come boldly into the very presence of God. You will find mercy. Your troubles will be over. Don't come cringing. Just come boldly. Because He's your Father. You are a covenant person with God. He welcomes your presence. He said, well, I've been bad yesterday. God said, just come come boldly. With the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. Come boldly with the blood of Jesus. 
He says, come with assurance, full assurance of faith. Don't doubt because he wel- he's welcoming you. He's inviting you to come so you can obtain mercy and find help. Amen. He's inviting you to come. throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. How many times? Every time you go in there. Every time you go in there. You're desperate about something? Go in there. Go boldly. You are a covenant person. You are a covenant child of God. Go boldly. God will listen. He promised He will. My covenant will I not break, nor will I alter the words that come out of my mouth. Psalm 89, verse 34, we started with. I believe God. Don't understand the circumstance, but I know there is a God. And He is with me. That settles it. That settles it. We have a better covenant. We can come to the Lord Jesus. We can come to Him if we want. The covenant is based on better promises. I'm going to go through the promises quickly. Second Peter 1, 2, chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How many of you can use peace multiplied? What about grace to me to help in time of need? Multiply. Yes. He says, these are multiplied to you. That's God's, the Holy Spirit's prayer for your life. Can you believe that? The Holy Spirit wrote everything here. This actually is God on paper. Amen. It's the letter. But when you receive what is written, you receive God, the Spirit. Tangible. And it works in your life. Amen. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. As His divine power (coughs) Excuse me. His divine power has given to us. Not going to give to us. Has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Notice God didn't say He is going to give to you. He has already given to you not some things, all things that pertain to life and godliness. If you're looking to be able to live a Christian life, God said, I've given that to you. Just take it. If you're looking to pay your bill, He's given that to you. That's life. Godliness is living a godly life before God. God has that available. God will multiply His grace through your knowledge of Him. He's given us everything that pertains to life and uh, and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. So much power. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Notice that again. What has been given to us? Great, exceedingly 
great and precious. Exceedingly great. The covenant is established on better promises. Exceedingly great and precious. That by this you may be partakers of his divine nature. I really believe that this is what it is. Jesus said, as he, the Bible tells us, as he is, so are we in this world. God <clears throat> wants you to partake of his divine nature, right here. And I'm, believe, I'm beginning to believe this scripture as well. It used to bother me how Jesus could be in the wilderness by himself with all those wild animals. Remember? For 40 days, I had no fear. No fear. There are wild animals on the loose. Demons. Well, I'm afraid of them. Because Jesus is with me. I don't have to be afraid of what life is dishing after me. Jesus is with me. People may not understand and criticize. They don't understand. One day God is going to show them that I'm going to make it. As long as Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and as long as I have a covenant with Him, I'll make it. And you will make it also. Because God is put a crown upon your life. And goodness and mercy follow you how many days of your life? All the days of your life and God, your life. And God cannot lie. God cannot lie. You have two powerful promises following you every day of your life. That was in the Old Testament, right? And God has done even better in the New Testament. Amen. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it says, Bless God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And I'm going to say this. In the Old Testament, all they had was a covenant that God gave to Abraham, established in the law, and they were just servants. You couldn't call yourself a child of God. You remember Jesus said that? I am the son of God. What did they do? They wanted to stone him. They said, you call yourself a son of God. That's blasphemy. But you know what Jesus has done for us? You can say that now. We don't understand what it means. The Jews do. They, they, they do understand. You have become a joint heir with God. You are now partaking of God's divine nature. That says you are no longer ordinary. You are not like the rest of them. We just don't believe this says. There are a lot of people that go to church, but they don't believe the scriptures. They don't add the scriptures. It's just good words. But I want, you, I want to dare you and dare me to begin to act on the word. You know when Paul and Silas, Paul and Barnabas, when they showed up in town, the people will say, the gods have come to visit. Have you read it in the Acts of the Apostles? The gods are here. Let's make a sacrifice. And they're begging them, please don't do it. We are men like you. I like to see those days. 
in the last days, God will pour His Spirit upon all flesh. If that was their last day when Peter was saying these words, right? This is even more of the last day than then. And we are God's covenant people. We become sons and daughters of the living God. And God is giving everyone an opportunity to become a child of God. <coughs> Do you know, excuse me, do you know that there are about uh, the yelling a lot today, so I'm getting to me. I only yell when I'm overseas, but I'm yelling this morning sometimes. But do you know that we have less than a billion truly born again Christians in the world today? We have over six and a half billion people. There are a lot of people that go to church Sunday after, possibly Sunday after Sunday and worship a God that they don't know. They don't know Him. Why is it so? They go to church and worship a God that they don't know. They have no assurance of going to heaven. They don't have that. Why? Mainly because if they have heard the message, they are too ashamed to acknowledge Jesus openly. Matthew 10 verse 32 says, Jesus said, If you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father. If you deny me before men, I will also deny you before my Father. You don't have to deny him and say, I deny Jesus, I deny Jesus. Just be ashamed to acknowledge him because you're afraid of people. What do you think? But I know of a young man, no longer a young man, when about the same time I was born again, who heard the message of Christ. And when the pastor gave an invitation, he, before anyone moved, he was ready for his God. He was a dope smoker. He was crazy. I mean, this guy was really crazy. When he got saved, we were saying, wow, what happened to him? Something must have snapped in his mind. Something's wrong. But he mashed out and said, I want that Jesus you're talking about. And when others saw him marching out, they followed. But God took notice of his boldness and his willingness. Today, that man is an internationally known evangelist. <clears throat> you say his name to Benny Hinn, he knows who you're talking about. Grew up with me in the same city. You can talk to any of the big ministers, they know who you're talking about. Because he was not ashamed of Christ. He was not ashamed to acknowledge his God openly. He said, he died for me on the cross. I will acknowledge him openly. I don't care what anyone thinks. And in those days, those days I thought he had lost it. Cuckoo. But God has raised him because he honored the Lord. You know, I went to, the, I went to church for the most part of my early life before I got saved. I believe that Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost. 
I believe that he was born of the Virgin Mary. I believe that he lived a sinless life. I also believe that he went to the cross, that he died, and that he rose again. But I was not saved. I wasn't saved. It's the Spirit. You have to acknowledge it. It's the Spirit of God. It has to come into your life. That's what is important. We have to receive Him. Today I'm going to give some of us here an opportunity to acknowledge Christ openly. And you will receive a miracle from God. Your life will be changed. I'm through with the message. So I'm not going to preach. But I want to give opportunity to, to those that have not made a public confession, acknowledgement of our Lord Jesus Christ, to get to know Him. Everyone needs a Savior. We all have sinned. Every one of us has sinned. And if you have just one sin, you, you, if it's not confessed, and God has not forgiven you, you won't make it to heaven. This is the day to make that confession. Would you bow your heads with me, every one of you? Please bow your heads. You close your eyes. No one taken. How many of you remember specifically the time, that particular time that you made a public commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ? You said you were tired of your old life. You were tired of being selfish. You're tired of hidden sins and, 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 and addictions. You wanted Christ. You're tired of our disappointment. You needed Christ in your life. And you made that public confession of Christ. No shame. How many of you here remember that very time? Let us see your hand up. Please be sincere with me. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of people have their hands up. But I'm not sure. I noticed also that some didn't have their hands up. And today is that day that you honor God. I know how to pray a simple miracle prayer that will put all your sin off from your life. Get all of them forgiven. Give you peace with God. And give you a brand new start in life with God. So how many will say, Pastor Goodluck, I want to be sure that I have a home in heaven. I want all my sins forgiven. I want peace with God. If you are that person, at the count of three, I'd like you to quickly slip up your hand up. Slip your hand up and put it back down. Are you ready? At the count of three, you put your hand down. You say, I'm that one. I need that prayer. I want, to, I want that miracle prayer. You'll receive a miracle. At the count of three, you just lift your hand up and put it down. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want you to stand up to your feet if you mean business with God. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Just stand up to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. 
I'd like you also, as you mean business with God, I want you to join me up here. I want to see you face to face. Eyeball to eyeball. Bible pray. Would you just walk up here with me? Come up. Come up and join me. And I'm going to give this other invitation as well. It's so important. If you have been born again and you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit and you need God to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can pray in tongues. I know a lot of people don't want that these days. They say, well, I'm okay. Well, God didn't say you're okay. He says Jesus is the one that baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, I baptize with water. But there is one that's coming after me that baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Jesus never baptized any man. You can't read in the scriptures. Appreciate you guys. You can't read in the scriptures where Jesus baptized anybody in water. That was not his type of baptism. He baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, that comes with the ability to speak with other tongues. It's not receiving tongues. Tongues is the aftermath of you receiving the Holy Spirit. I know what that did to my life when I accepted Christ and the Holy Spirit came into my life. The power of God came. And you can receive that this morning. How many want to receive? You haven't received, we'll help you receive. Please join us here. Please join us here. You haven't received the Holy Spirit. You want to receive. Can you join? Amen. You're sick in your body? Please come up. Our prayer partners, please come. If you're feeling sick in your body, please come up. That's another grace that God is giving to us for us to be healed in our bodies. So if you're sick in your body, come and receive your healing because God is giving out healing right now and God wants to heal you. We'll be letting everybody go, son. We have to beat the Baptist people to the restaurant this morning. Sister, happy Easter to every one of you. Please uh, help these ones that have come up. Would the rest of you stand with me? Thank you. Our guests, we're so glad to have you. Please come back again, visit with us. And if the Lord lays it in your heart to become a part of this work, please obey Him. And stay with us. Amen. Close your eyes as we pray. Father God, I thank you for your people. We are covenant children of the living God. You love us so much. You gave your life that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I speak peace upon your people today. Multiply peace in the name of Jesus. I speak grace, multiply grace upon your people right now. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of fear. Lord, I ask that you bless them mightily this very day. That we actually celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let your grace and your love 
and your wonders be multiplied for their lives. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Please don't forget the five-minute rule. Five.